I'm Carrie Brett, and you're listening to Shot at Love. Isn't it time you took a shot at love? Took a shot on yourself? Believe you are worthy of true love? Is there a more effective way to date? Can you find love? Hell yeah, and I'm gonna show you how it's done. I'm Carrie Brett. Today we have Katie Hood. She is the CEO of One Love. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Katie is basically the Erin Brockovich of Healthy Love. She has been raising awareness across the country. Why don't you tell me and our listeners a little bit of what One Love is? I'm actually involved with One Love because of a tragedy that happened to my one of my closest friends. Her cousin, Yardley Love, was killed at the University of Virginia by her ex-boyfriend in 2010. I was one of the first friends in the door to hear what had happened and realized at that moment, and you know, it continued to be a learning process over the time that would pass, that literally nobody in her life thought she was at risk for something like this. She was a Division I college athlete. He was a Division I college athlete. This is not who this issue affects. And yet, as time passed and I started learning more about abuse and domestic violence and how incredibly prevalent it is, but it's the issue none of us really talk about. I started to realize that we really need to get ahead of this, that her family really realized after the trial that if a domestic violence expert had been dropped into the middle of that friend group, they would have immediately understood that the warning signs were there. But there were no domestic violence experts in that friend group, and it's easier to call what people were seeing drama or crazy or too much drinking than it is to think you have an abusive situation that actually needs help. Basically, her family realized that Yardley's death was preventable and that many of these deaths are preventable, but that if you're not educating people from the earliest time of their lives about the warning signs of abuse, but equally important, the fundamentals of healthy and unhealthy relationships, that we're just never going to get there. The research shows that kids go to their friends for advice about their relationships. We need to empower friends with the information to understand what people are seeing and knowing how to get help. So that's what we do at One Love. We're bringing education around the country and mobilizing kids to lead and help their friends. I saw your TED Talk, which is incredible, and it's reached almost 5 million people. So we're affected. This is an epidemic that's in our world today. I think three people today will die from domestic abuse, violence, usually in relationships. I think you said in your TED Talk that without the education, there can be no improvement. There was a reason why I always wanted to have some kind of women's shelter that I could be a part of. That was always my goal. I was brought to you by a friend. I'm always interested in being around people who are in transition. And I just showed up one night and I felt like, these are my people. And you're so inspiring to me, and I'm so excited that you're here. So Yardley's mom said to you when you first started this that she wanted to start a movement that was like Mothers Against Drinking and Driving. That movement started in the 80s. And I, it, I just think to myself, imagine if one love was around in the 80s. First uh, coincidence that her mom did not know about when she put Mad out there as the North Star, the coincidence is that Carrie Leitner, who was the girl who was killed, whose mom started Mad, was killed on May 3rd, 1980, and Yardley was killed on May 3rd, 2010. Mm-hmm. So I found that out way after the fact, but I don't think that's an accident. Um, mm-hmm. I think that what Mothers Against Drunk Driving and other activists in that space managed to do in just 
you know, 30 years, which is a long time. And yet they changed social norms. Deaths by drunk driving have dropped by 55% during that time. And you see, I mean, the even rideshare, Lyft, Uber, we've created a whole market mm-hmm. around people helping people get around so you avoid drunk driving. So the idea is very similar. What they did to get that done, of course, policy change was part of it, but they really gave people a language and an understanding of the role of friends. You know, right. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. Bystanders take away the keys. And that kind of language that gives friends instructions on what to do is really simple. And right. it seems like a worthwhile thing to attempt here, too. Right. So the language, you know, so I say um, friends don't let friends drink and tinder. And, you know, here we have a situation where everyone deserves healthy love. Everyone deserves love, period. You can't have healthy love and strive for healthy love unless you understand some of this, which is not taught to children. Right. And now it's being taught in colleges, thankfully. But I started to see that I connect the two, that the stigma around online dating was the same way that people, people would tend to shy away from discussions around abuse and violence. If you could see people's face when I was on Tinder when it first came out, people just thought I was nuts. But I didn't want to be alone. But I was all alone. Instead of being isolated in a bad, unhealthy relationship, I was just isolated outside of Boston in suburbia with no self-help book, no guidance. That's hard. And so now with the writing and the Tinder tips and everything that I have, I can profoundly change how they do online. I didn't mean to, you know, I never, that was never the thought. It was kind of, I never thought I would have a podcast. It was just help one person help the next person. And then I was like, wow, there's no information. And out of protection, I found the information because I was tired. And I also studied people's patterns. And I was someone who could do that anyways, because of my photography job. They were the same signs. You know, there's no warning labels on Tinder. Do you want to talk about maybe the tips like that you have on on the card or some of the things that are really important to young people? Yeah, so I think one of the major things that Yardley's family realized early on is that there is research about how unhealthy and abusive relationships unfold. And it's always the same way. Right. If you can teach about this, and the, and the, and the crazy thing is that the first thing that usually happens is that you get whisked off your feet. It's, it might seem like the best relationship you've ever been in. Right. And that's what we've all been looking for. I mean, I think that's the thing that's really, it's an intense start. It's exciting. You think maybe this is the one. We're all trained, especially girls from a very young age, to be looking for the one who's going to somehow complete us. I think why that is confusing is you feel like you found what you're looking for, and then you sort of don't call the next stage what it really is. What the next stage is is isolation, where you're sort of pulled away from everyone in your existing support system, so to speak, Mm -hmm. to be tethered more tightly to this person and this person alone. Because control is the fundamental thing that abusive people do is they want you tethered to them and you alone. But we call it things like he just loves you so much. He wants to spend all his time with you. Or you guys are so in love. You know, of course, like I understand, you know, we call it different things. We call it the wrong things. So I think the same realization that there are patterns and there are signs and that the one I love the most is that relationships are human. It doesn't matter the color of your skin, who you want to be with. Relationships are human. If we can teach a framework, and we, we, our framework is called the 10 signs, 10 signs of healthy relationships, 10 signs of unhealthy relationships. If we can give a word to these things, 
then we can actually give people a really efficient and effective way to gut check where they are. If I look at just those examples and then I put it to what I teach, the first one is the relationship starts out with, you're so adored. So, and this is very dangerous because women, when they start dating someone, if they think they have you, stay tuned because going silent is coming next. So going silent is a move to see how much control we actually have here. Yeah, it's about the push-pull. So in unhealthy relationships, and it may be the same on Tinder, you would know, Mm -hmm. the person who does these things gets a charge out of drawing you close, shoving you away, drawing you close, shoving you away. It's so confusing when you're in it because the highs are so high. Right. And then the lows are there, and you're just baffled by it, right? So I, I, I don't know if it's the same with Tinder, but that going dark is the shove away. Right. To see if you'll stick around and if you'll come back. And how much more desperate as the days go by, you will be for that pull. My boyfriend and I went out the day before our first date, Tinder date. We went out the day before Easter, and we had an amazing date. And I really liked him. And it seemed like he really liked me. Well, the next day was Easter, so he didn't call me. But he didn't know what to do. The third day, he panicked and sent me flowers. I did something that was stupid because I didn't have the information. And thankfully, he saw a girl who was trying really hard to get it right. I sent him a text to thank him for the date on Easter. He didn't respond to the text. So I sent it again because I I don't like to be ignored. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Well, nobody really does. (laughs) So, you know, that could have been taken as, this girl's crazy. You know, but it gets dicey in the beginning, even if two people are supposed to be together. And when in the, you don't have someone to call that has that experience on Tinder that says, hold your cards close to your vest, pal. Like, don't send that text. Don't, don't send double texts. You know, that's why I have a Tinder tip that is don't send multiple double texts. Well, I think, though, it's really interesting because I think so many of us are trained to this pattern of push-pull. Like, a lot of our early relationships, like, you get trained to a certain way of behaving you have a great experience and you're like, this is going to be different. Right. And then when they don't text you the next day, like, oh no, is this not different? I got to get a response. I got to know now. I okay. have to know now. Right. So this is when I started doing the swiping soirees, my live seminar. I started to realize that I had a room filled with women who kept doing the wrong moves over and over again. That would sabotage their chance. They just didn't know what to do. And so when I would say something like, don't do this, do this, this works well, reframe it like this. I mean, it's astounding to me how many people don't know, you know, so you have a bunch of, you have millions of people who are like, hi, 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 hi. Hi is not good enough. Someone opens with like, hi, it's useless. You have to get the conversation going. So people are afraid to say like something interesting and push it. I try to find out what people like. Do they like riding horses? And, you know, so I'll come up with something, you know. I always pushed it creatively because people like things to keep them on their toes. They like things that take people who have the guts to take a chance. And so I had enough experience, enough rejections, and enough things that didn't work out, but they weren't going to work out anyways. That every move I made, I learned something new, and then I was able to share it. And people never would even think that. In the morning, say something like, hello, sunshine. You know, say, talk about the weather, talk about anything, but just be interesting, smart, funny. Be yourself. All the education, the language. Something that's so hot, love, which is the most used word in the dictionary, which obviously we've been watching a lot of your <laughs> YouTubes. It's a line directly from my TED talk. 
here's the most important thing. And it's proven, this is what you teach too, it's proven that if you have an unhealthy situation, it impacts your health, your well-being, your family relationships, your job, you can lose your home. I mean, everything can fall apart in a domino effect. And now, thankfully, from One Love, we have the language, we have the education in place. You know, I'm working on my end to get the language and the messaging out there as well. But this is why I just think you're so inspiring and so grateful you're here. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, we're never taught how to talk about relationships. It's like something you learn on the fly. You're nervous about it. I mean, think back to when you were in 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th grade. You're like looking for guidance anywhere, but but nobody's really saying like, so this is healthy, this is unhealthy. And so you end up just like reading local, like reading cues and figuring it out as you go. But you don't have to do that. And it's the same with online dating. The reason people are nervous is because this is new. And especially for someone of our era, like we didn't grow up this way. Like we grew up going to the bar and hoping there was somebody cool there that we would connect with. But it was very face to face, like having this in between. It's a completely new area. So if you destigmatize these conversations and give people tools or advice or tips that they can practically put into their lives right away. Right you're not going to solve every problem. You're not going to guarantee everybody has a perfect Tinder experience, but you're going to help people. And we always say, like, if we can change the stats, so instead of one in three women and one in four men, it becomes one in five and one in ten and one in six. And what's the trickle effect of that? And I think it's the same with you. Right. How do you start conversations that people can absorb easily and then practically start putting into place in their lives? Here are today's Tinder tips. I thought I would read One Love's 10 Signs of an Unhealthy Relationship. Number one, intensity. Number two, possessiveness. Number three, manipulation. Number four, isolation. Number five, sabotage. Number six, belittling. Number seven, guilting. Number eight, volatility. Number nine, betrayal. Number 10, deflecting responsibility. Just that one idea that I had that I was going to put myself in front of a crowd and have this conversation, it was really scary. But the misperceptions that if you were someone like me, 43 at the time when I was on Tinder, any working mother in suburbia, whether you're 30, 40, or 50, and you go online and you join Tinder, then you're perceived as desperate. But that doesn't happen to men. Yeah, I was desperate. I was hurting, and I didn't want to be alone anymore. And I don't have a problem saying that I felt desperate. But that's the elephant in the room that people don't want to talk about. Well, it comes back to the stigma around, you know, if you don't, if you're not select for female women, women, this pressure to be sort of selected and paired off. And it's okay for guys to be on the hunt. It's not okay for girls to be on the hunt, if you want to use an expression like that. But what I will say is I think that both men and women are really hungry for clarity. And I don't think it's just about being our age. I think young people, were, you know, they're getting handed these tools and they're sort of like, wait, what are the rules here? You know, what, what, what do we do? And it's not just girls who are curious. I think there's guys too. And that's what we're really seeing with our program is that a lot of people initially will say to us, oh, you're helping young women. I'm like, we are, but we're also helping boys because most boys want to have healthy relationships too. They just don't 
most of the time know how, and they adopt the social norms around them, and then all of a sudden they find themselves in situations they don't want to be in either. So I think in both cases, it's like this idea that people are hungry for clarity and information that can help them lead healthier and happier lives. There is so much confusion around online dating, and it's changing every day. But if you think about things that are new, you know, so people were afraid of Airbnbs, and they were afraid of Ubers when they first came out. It was because it was new. Online dating is not going away. It's only going to be growing. I really am happy to speak out, and if I can help one person, then it was worth it. I didn't have anywhere to turn. Yeah, 100%. So when I think about how I pulled myself out of the situation that I was in about six years ago. I'm always someone who loves self-help books. That was always in my wheelhouse. And one day I was cleaning my house and I like to, you know, it's like a podcast, you want to multitask. And it said, Carrie, based on what you listen to, we think you'll love this book. And I look at it and the book was called Mr. Unavailable and the Fallback Girl by Natalie Liu. And Natalie Liu, this woman from England, who has helped millions and millions of women navigate out of a situation like this. She's funny, she's a brilliant writer, and she started this movement after one bad date. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna listen to this. It gave me the education and the tools to say, oh my God, this isn't me. You know, I look at it now with online dating, it's like, you know, these people are like, it didn't work. I'm like, it's not gonna work with Christy Brinkley. You know, it's this guy's a Mr. Unavailable. He's not going to be available for anyone. He's just looking for attention, an ego boost. Lose that guy and (laughs) reframe your thinking. So Natalie was a gift from God and got me on the right track. And then one swipe, one day at a time, I was able to find love. So the education's key. Without education, we're sunk. So tell me about what One Love does. Tell me a little bit more information. What you described with the book, where you read the book and it was like an aha, eye-opening moment of like, oh, this is what I've been dealing with. Um, That's the moment we're trying to bring to everyone. So we create films, all kinds of films, all different lengths that are fictional stories about different kinds of couples. And in those stories, you'll see all of our programs anchored to our 10 signs of unhealthy relationships. We create these films and then people bring them to the kids they love, either in classrooms or after school programs or churches or teams or whatever. And they lead discussions about what you see in these films. And what it ends up doing is we start labeling the behaviors that are in the films. And then we start talking about what the flip healthy side of that would be. So what you have is, and I've been in a million of these workshops, you can watch people watching the film and you can see in their faces that they're having this aha moment that they have seen this before, it's been them, oh my gosh, I had no idea that what I experienced and felt was actually this. And then you see them transition to the discussion portion where they're finding each other. So this idea that we tend to suffer our relationships in isolation, but it is something common we all can talk about. We just have to have the structured place to do it and the opportunity to do it. So what I would say is if you go to our website, which is joinonelove.org, all letters, what you can find is all of these films, all of the instructions about the discussion guides, how to be trained, how to hold a workshop. And we raise money philanthropically to create these tools and we make them freely available so that anyone anywhere can access them and use them to talk to the people they love about relationship health. And we really are working to create a space around relationship health. Like back to what you said, 
The research is very clear. The health of our relationships dictates nearly every outcome in our life. Right. And if it's that important, mental health, physical health, social outcomes, if it's that important, why aren't we trying to get ahead of this and give everybody a baseline? Right. So that's the shot on goal that we are taking is we're going to be the creator of content, clear language, resources that anyone, anywhere, you don't have to be an expert because right. I, I say this all the time now, like if you really think about it, the one thing all of us probably have more experience in, no matter what you do for a profession or where you live, it's relationships. Relationships right. are part of our lives from day one. And so we have all this experience and we've never been able to organize it and structure it and analyze it and learn from it. And so our goal is that people can use our tools that we create to bring this conversation to their communities. And I think the feedback we're getting is that people are so hungry for this. I oh mean, my God, they're so hungry for so this. So hungry, so. Yeah, it's amazing. And so I've had a lot of students that come through the swiping soiree. And what's interesting to me is I throw a lot at them. It's like everything in the kitchen sink, you know, I come out, it's very fast, entertaining and funny. And I have all these signs where I say, you know, spot the signs and I make it funny. And I say, this is what, this person is. It's amazing to me how many people come to me, they tell me the story, and then I'll say, this guy's not viable. And then they'll say, how do you know that? And I said, did you, did you remember number seven? Do you remember <laughs> number eight or whatever? And they say, I missed that. I missed that one. How did I miss that one? I wrote everything down in your class. You missed it because you hadn't lived through it. And the reason why I have them all is because I've lived through all of them. Right. And, and now so, you're sharing it with others. Unless you get burned, like I did, that wasn't going to happen anymore. Right. Well, this is fabulous. I will definitely add in these signs of unhealthy relationships and the 10 signs of a healthy relationship as part of my Tinder tips and give one love credit. Thank you. Because I think this is awesome. And I am so excited to have you as a guest. And I'm so grateful. And I think your life's work is to say admirable at best. Well, it's, it's it's definitely rewarding because I think like what you're doing, like sure the big vision is change social norms, change statistics, do what Mothers Against Drunk Driving did, but every day we do the work, we're helping individuals live with their lives. And I think there's nothing more rewarding. That's awesome, that's incredible. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Katie Hood, CEO of One Love. If you'd like to find more information, you can go to joinonelove.org. See you next time.